You are listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSN, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. All right, let's do it. So we are in a series called, do y'all remember? Achilles Heel. And what we are talking about is in this story of Achilles, to sum it up, we see that there's this person who has great promise. He's the greatest fighter in the land. He's got all this stuff going for him. There's one part of him, though, that did not get dipped in the river Styx. And what part was that? His heel, right? And so what we see is throughout his life, nobody can stop him until somebody gets him right in his heel. And so this man of great promise, this man who is super good at so many things, is brought down by this tiny little weak point. And what we are talking about throughout this series is as people, we have great dreams. We have big dreams. I want to be a strong Christian. I want to be a strong believer. I want to get, uh, I want to get awesome grades. I want to be on the honor roll, or I want to be on the, the principal's honor roll, or I want to be a good brother, or I want to be patient, or I want to be, I don't know, I want to be a doctor one day, or I want to be a basketball player one day, or whatever, right? We have these big goals and dreams. But oftentimes, as people, our Achilles heel is the habits that we live our life with. Because at the end of the day, if your habits do not match up and lead you towards the person that you want to become, you're not gonna get there. And so when life happens, when bad stuff happens, if we don't rise to the level of our dreams, we actually fall to the level of our habits. And what we talked about last week were some bad habits. I hope you guys were a little bit convicted, meaning you felt like, man, I gotta get better because we talked about how most of y'all be on Snapchat way too long. Most of y'all screen time is eight hours and 39 minutes. That's what we learned was the average for teenagers. We talked about how all y'all be having a full-time job playing video games, playing Minecraft and playing COD and doing all the things, right? Y'all got a full-time job with video games. We be talking about how y'all be binge watching way too much Netflix, Prime, Hulu, Peacock, whatever the streaming service it is that you use, way too much of it. And we talked about because of all this overstimulation, as I am seeing right now, we have an attention span that is shorter than a goldfish. That's bad, I know, I know. And so we, or I try to challenge you guys, hey, What in your life could use some changing? What's a bad habit? I spend eight hours a day on my screen or whatever. Let's change that, right? So that was the goal of last week. This week, we're going to begin to start talking about some good habits to bring into your life as we're pulling back from some of the bad habits. You guys ready? All right, so tonight we're going to be talking about prayer. Can y'all say prayer? There it is, there it is. And point number one is this. Pray about everything. How many things? There it is, there it is. And and we're gonna start in Philippians chapter four, verses six through seven. This is what it says. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So we see that this is the book of Philippians. The book of Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. And what we know is that the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Philippians from prison. 
He wrote it and he was in a prison cell. He was in, yep, he was locked up in a prison cell. And what we see is the very beginning of verse six says this, be anxious for nothing. And when I read that verse, I start thinking like, how in the world can we be anxious for nothing? We live in the age of anxiety. We live in a culture that you are brought up to say when things get crazy, I'm anxious or I'm worried. I'm scared, I'm afraid. How in the world are we supposed to live in a way that we are anxious for nothing? But then I think about Paul because Paul wrote this book and just like what I told you guys, Paul was in a prison cell when he wrote this letter. But I also think about Paul's life and I remember that Paul was someone who literally killed Christians. He literally killed Christians and then he had this radical encounter with Jesus where he was blinded on the road to Damascus. And after that, he starts following Jesus and he is literally persecuted for his faith. He is beaten, he is mocked. He's had to, he had to escape out of windows and in baskets out of cities so nobody would kill him. He's sent to prison. All of his friends are turning on him. All these Jews that he used to be cool with no longer want to be around him because he now follows the way or what we know as Christianity. And, he, and honestly, he's moving around all the time. The entire book of Acts, for a lot of it, talks about all of his ministry travels. And so if anybody has an excuse to be anxious or to worry, it's Paul. But for some reason, Paul came to this conclusion that we are not to be anxious for anything. But how did he get there? And this is what I want to remind you guys of. First off, I want to remind you guys that there is such a thing as anxiety and it's a hormonal disorder, right? And it's a real thing. And it's something that 100%, one, I believe that it is something that needs counsel, right? So seek help, seek people who know what they're doing. And I do believe that in some cases there's healing from that and some there's not. But the thing that I wanna point out is as believers, oftentimes we pile on a whole bunch of unnecessary anxiety into our life. Because when things are happening or we think things are gonna happen that don't actually ever happen, we never seek God about it. But what we do, oh, we call up our friend or we, call, we tell our mom or we rant to our girlfriend or boyfriend or we go to our cousin or we, I see you guys bumping when I said rant to girlfriend, boyfriend. I see that, but that's what happens. And so if we are constantly in a state of seeking other people's guidance before we seek the creator of the universe's guidance, of course you're gonna be anxious. You are piling on top of your life unnecessary worry and anxiety. What does Paul says, who has every reason to be anxious? He says, be anxious for nothing because in prayer and supplication, meaning asking God to move on your behalf and thanksgiving, thanking God for what he's already done, you let your requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, right? So Paul is saying, hey, through experience, I have brought my prayer requests to God. And I might not have seen the hardship disappear, but I have seen the peace of God in my heart and in my life. I have had the perspective that God has that, hey, this is not the end of your story. Those things do not happen unless you seek the creator of the universe in prayer. And pray about everything. 
recognize that God is always there and God wants to hear your prayers. There is no thing that is too small. He wants to hear from you. I think oftentimes we think that there's a lot of hoops that we have to jump through to be able to pray, right? We have to do it in a certain way or we have to say a certain thing and we're gonna talk about that in a minute or we, or we have to, to you know, never sin in our life because we have to be this perfect person for God to be able to hear us and to, to be able to actually listen to us, but that's not the case. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about how honestly, this is, this is a good example, right? So I'm gonna pull out my phone and we're gonna say that I'm about to FaceTime my brother Luke, okay? So I had to unlock my phone, right? That's, that's procedure number one, okay? So we'll turn, actually, procedure number one, turn the phone on. Procedure number two, facial identification. Procedure number three, I'll do it the short way. I'll hit my text, I got Luke as a favorite, and I'm gonna FaceTime him, all right? So that was like six buttons that I had to click. Now, last procedure, he's gotta pick up the FaceTime. So let's see if he'll pick up. He knows we're in Wednesday night, so he may or may not pick up. And this is, let's see, let's see. Y'all think he's gonna pick up? Who said personally I wouldn't? That was a good one, that was a good one. I don't think he's gonna pick up. Let's see. All right, he's not gonna pick up. So, but this proves the point. I went through seven procedures, I went through seven steps, yet he still did not pick up. And I think oftentimes in our life, we have to do a certain thing a certain way and then we just have to bank on the chance that God may or may not actually hear us. But it's not like that. It's like, hey, who's ever fallen asleep on FaceTime before? And who's ever woken up in the middle of the night thinking that your pillow is about to be aflamed because your phone is 800 degrees from sitting on FaceTime? Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Here's the thing. The FaceTime was open. The procedures were already done. All you had to do to communicate with the person was talk, right? That's all you had to do. That's what we need to remember of what prayer is. Because see, when Jesus sacrificed his life, and when he rose again, we see that the veil was torn and we see as believers, we are given the Holy Spirit, which is the, the, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, a part of God, and he lives in us. And you see, the procedure has already been done. The steps have already been taken care of. All that we have to do is talk. All that we have to do is open our mouth. And how many requests of the people of God are not answered because they don't even bring them to God? How many times do you pile unnecessary worry and stress on yourself because you don't even seek God? Here's the thing, if I wanna talk to my friend, if I wanna rant about the situation that's happening, if they're not with me, I gotta text them or I gotta call them. Then I gotta wait for them to respond. If I call them, they may or may not pick up. If I'm trying to get together with them, I gotta wait until we can get together. Here's the thing, as you are walking through life, there is no delay in you seeking God. When you seek, you find. When you talk to him, it's instantaneous. There's no delay. There's no latency for my tech gurus. There's no latency. The connection is perfect. Why? Because of what Jesus has already done. So shame on me, shame on you if you choose to not seek him. 
Shame on me, shame on you if you choose to not pray about everything. Because what you are doing, you're only hurting yourself. You're only eliminating peace from your life that God wants to give you. You realize that God actually cares about you, loves you, and he actually wants to give you more things than even you want for yourself. God wants a better life for you than you want for yourself. But the problem is, is we as Christians don't recognize that, and so our habits don't reflect that. But if I recognize that, the habitual nature of my life is gonna be one of going to God, recognizing he wants to pour out more peace than I can handle. So pray about everything. This is an interesting study. Uh, It's called Exposing Worries Deceit, Percentage of Untrue Worries and Generalized Anxiety Disorder Treatment. This is what researchers found. They found that the people they studied On average, 91.39% of participants' worries didn't even actually happen. Raise your hand if you've been worried about something that literally never happened. If you ain't raising your hand, you're lying. And this is what we know. We know that for the 8.61% of the people whose worries did come true, the researchers found that at least a third of them were way less as big of a deal as what they thought they would be. Michael Jordan said it this way. Somebody asked him, why do you always, like, how do you drain all these game-winning shots when, it, when you miss so many of them? Because if you look at Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan missed a lot of game-winning shots. But he also drained a lot of game-winning shots. And what do we remember? We remember the rings, and we remember the game-winning tongue-out flu season shots. And they asked him, How do you keep your composure? How do you keep your confidence? And he says, why am I gonna worry about a shot I haven't taken yet? Why are you going to worry about something that has not even happened yet in your life? And we know that God orders the steps of the righteous. We know that God works all things for our good and for his glory, for those who love him, for those in Christ Jesus. That's what we know. So how do we know this up here, but we don't choose to respond with our heart? Our actions don't reflect that. So pray about everything, point number one. Point number two is this, prayer is more than a position. I think oftentimes we think, like what we said, prayer has to be like this, or prayer has to be, you know, uh, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, right? We feel like it has to be in old English, it has to be spoken eloquently with grace, and you have to have this Shakespearean mantra about yourself, Or you gotta be on your knees, you gotta be at grandma's house, you gotta be at the church. You can't be somewhere unholy like the car. You can't be somewhere unholy like popping off a turd. You can't be doing none of that stuff, right? Can't be doing it. It's gotta be done a certain way. But this is what 1 Thessalonians says. Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. How in the world are you supposed to never stop praying if the only way you can pray is like this? What happens if I gotta go take a turd? Like, how am I gonna get on the toilet? I mean, for real, if, I'm, if I always gotta be, how am I supposed to get McDonald's when I'm feeling a Big Mac? Like, I've walked, <laughs> hey, Big Mac me. It's gonna be hard to get down the highway walking like that, isn't it? Yeah? My, my knees hurt worse than yours. Prayer is more than a certain position. Because prayer is talking to the God of the universe whose line is always open. And so when Paul says pray about everything, and then in 1 Thessalonians it says never stop praying, what we see is that we are to pray 
just in all situations of life. And it doesn't have to look a certain way. Let me tell you, one of the closest times in my life to, to God was my freshman year at Furman, my second semester, and I had zero friends because all the friends that I had my first semester, I was living a different lifestyle. I was doing all the things that you would expect college kids to do, and honestly, they don't fulfill you at all. And so second semester, I made a change. And I had no friends because the only friends that I had were fake friends. And so when we were out partying, that we're cool, but when I changed my life, we're not. So I was in a time where I didn't have really anybody to talk to. And what did I do? I probably looked like a insane, crazy person to people. But what I would do is I would walk between my classes, I would put my earbuds in, and I would just pray. And I can't tell you if I was praying out loud or under my breath, I probably seemed like one of them crazy people who mumble a lot. But what I know is that in one of the most lonely times of my life, I experienced God the most. Why? Because even in the little decisions, I chose to involve him. Hey God, I'm going into this class. I just appreciate how you've been faithful. You're still faithful and you're with me. Lord, I'm feeling really, really lonely right now. I feel like I don't have many friends. I just ask for your peace. And what I can tell you from that experience is that if you put the words that the Bible says to the test, you're gonna recognize that they're true. You're gonna recognize that they stand the test of time. Pray about everything. You have a situation happening with a friend at school, before you go talk to that friend, ask God to give you some wisdom. James tells us to ask. Let's just try it. Let's see, what's the worst thing that can happen? Just do it. Do it. Little things. Ask God to give you strength for a test. Hey God, running on empty. I need a little bit of a boost. Little things like that. And what you are gonna recognize is sometimes the answer may not always be yes. Sometimes the thing may not happen. But your relationship with God is going to grow closer. And then you're gonna wind up in this cycle because this is what we know. We know that you're to always be joyful, you're to never stop praying, and you're to be thankful in all circumstances, right? Well, if you never stop praying, it's like one of those things, it's like a circular argument, right? You never stop praying, you're gonna always be joyful. Why are you gonna always be joyful if you never stop praying? Because you constantly are putting yourself in a spot where you're surrendering to God and you're recognizing that because of what he did on the cross, I have freedom and I can speak to him. And my, my life is in his hands and victory is already won. Jesus has won it. I don't have to worry about that. That is a cause for joy. And then you're joyful, you're gonna be thankful. You're gonna be thankful, you're gonna go back to prayer. You see what happens? The situation may not change, but your perspective, your outlook, the way that you do your life will. And because of that, everything will change. The way you talk to people will change. The way that you love your mom and your dad will change. The way that you stop back talking will change. The way that you stop rolling your eyes when your mom asks you, hey, how was school today, will change. Those things will change because we never stop praying. But this is the other thing I wanna remind you guys of. Is it is extremely important, one, to pray always. 
And it doesn't necessarily have to look like what we're talking about, bowed or in a special room. You can just ask God for wisdom as, to, as you're going into your next stages. But it's also extremely important to take time away from the noise, away from the chaos of what's happening around you and seek God. And I'm gonna give you three examples from the life of Jesus, okay? So the first example is Luke 5, 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and pray. And so what we see is that right after he healed a man with leprosy and then right before he healed a paralyzed man, Jesus took time to seek God. So that's a big success, right? That's a miracle. That's a huge deal. So before a high, in the middle of one, Jesus took time to seek God, right? Second example is this, Luke 6, 12 through 13. One of these days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. So before the massive decision of choosing the disciples, what did Jesus do? He withdrew and took time to pray. So we see that Jesus has taken time in the middle of a high, in the middle of a, of a mountaintop of life. We see that Jesus has taken time in the middle of a decision that would lead to mountaintops. And what do we also see? The greatest valley of Jesus' life. This is what it says. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And we later see that Jesus prays in that moment, and he is so stressed so much is happening that he actually sweats drops of blood, which is an actual scientific condition. So before one of the greatest tragedies, the greatest tragedy known to man, the only killing of the only innocent man to ever walk this earth, Jesus took time to pray. So what do we see? On the mountaintop, Jesus withdrew from the noise, withdrew from the crowd to pray. And in the midst of about to have to make a decision, he withdrew from the noise. He withdrew from the crowd and he prayed. And in the lowest of lows, he withdrew to pray. Every single time. And what should that tell us? It should tell us that all the highs and lows of our, of our life should be marked in a pursuit of God in prayer. In a pursuit where we get away from everybody else and just seek him. So it's important to pray throughout the day. Involve God in your daily decisions. But it's also super, super important to take time, whether it's in your room in the morning, if you have a room to yourself, or maybe if you're a high schooler, one of the greatest places to pray is before you turn your car on, pray to God. Before you turn it on. Or if it's cold in the morning, you get to where you're going five minutes early and you just pray, turn off the music. But getting away, getting quiet, and praying. And you ask Gabe, well, how am I supposed to pray? And that's point number three, is keep it simple, okay? 
So this is what Jesus says in Matthew 6. Pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And I think we see in this prayer a great way to pray. And so I'm gonna try and make it really, really simple, okay? So when you feel like I don't know how to pray, I don't know where to start, this is what I want you to remember. I want you to remember the word acts, okay? Everybody say? All right, so... The first, so it's an acronym, obviously, right? So y'all wanna know what's inside of the acronym? That was, that was nice, whoever said that. That was, that was a great voice you had there. So, Acts, all right. So the A of Acts is adoration. We see this in the Lord's Prayer, what we just read. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. So Jesus is saying, may your name be kept holy. He is adoring God. So what is, and, and let's, let's talk in 2023 terms. I was trying to remember what year it was for a second. Let's talk in 2023 terms, all right? So that is like saying, dear Lord, you are so big and strong. You're creator of the universe. You're mighty, right? You are adoring God for who he is. You are recognizing that he is bigger than you. He's creator of the universe. He's strong, he's mighty, all those things, right? Dear Lord, you are so loving. So you are naming off attributes of God because you are reminding your soul that you are praying to someone bigger than you who's got the world in his hands, right? So that's the way that we wanna start. Dear Lord, you are so loving, right? Well, what's the second? The second word right here is confession. So after that, we wanna ask God to forgive us of our sins. Lord, would you please forgive me for you know, being rude or, or, or for being prideful throughout the day today or for looking at this or doing this, right? So that's that confession piece because that's an active surrender of ourselves to God. So after we adore him for who he is, we confess that, hey, I am a sinner in need of a savior. And what is this T? This T is thanksgiving and that's gonna lead us into thanking him for all that he has done. Thank you, Lord, that you are so loving. Thank you for the cross, and thank you for the fact that although I mess up all the time, you save me. You redeem me. You take my mess, and you clean it up. And then what's this last word? This last word is supplication. And this is a bigger word, so I'm going to explain it to you guys, right? So supplication is basically your prayer requests. So in small groups, um, I was in the middle school guys small group for a while and at the end of every single small group we would ask for prayer requests and then we would, you know, we would pick on the kid who wasn't talking and didn't wanna participate that night to pray for him or we would all pray for him or whatever, right? So that is what that is, is your prayer request. Maybe you have a family member who's not doing well. Maybe they're sick or maybe you have a family member who you want to learn about Jesus and to accept him into their heart, Right? Or maybe you're going through something tough at school. Or maybe you yourself are going through a health thing. Or maybe you're confused about a decision that you have to make, right? That's the S, the supplication. So for example, if I were to use this formula, right? This Acts formula, because I remembered that Pastor Gabe said, I need to keep it simple, try and remember Acts, right? 
The first word, adoration, I'm going to adore God for who he is. Dear Lord, thank you that you are so loving. You're so big, you're so strong, you're so mighty. Then I'm gonna confess my sins. Lord, please forgive me for how I was rude to Jeffrey today when I called him a cotton-headed ninny muggins. And then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna go to tea. I'm gonna be thankful, right? Thank you, Lord, that you love me and you care for me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for my awesome family. Thank you for the students in RSM who aren't spilling sodas tonight and, and leaving a mess. And then S, right? Lord, would you please make sure that Ellie's pregnancy goes well? Would you make sure that as the baby comes out, everything is healthy, she's healthy, he's healthy, and we are able to come home quickly because I rebuke the spirit of medical bills and I'm not gonna fall for the temptation to take their medicine because I recently learned that Tylenol is $900 a pill. I rebuke it, Lord. Amen. You see what I'm saying? So it's that simple. Who said amen with me? Come on, amen. Yes, God. Amen, amen. I rebuke it. Rebuke the medical bills. Get out of here. Chaka! Somebody got to stomp on the devil's head. What y'all saying? Golly. But here's the thing. Keep it simple. When you don't know where to start, remember God's bigger than you. Confess the fact that, hey, I mess up all the time. Thank him for what he's done and then ask him to move on behalf of your request. It's that simple. And this is what I know. I know that when you pray actively, when you seek God actively, you will find him. Your circumstances may not change, but your perspective will because you're gonna remember that God has a plan even when I don't see it you're gonna get this peace that makes zero sense in the moment. But for some reason, it's there. And the way that you love other people, the way that you care for other people in the midst of the craziness will be a testimony to God's goodness. I'm gonna pick on Miss Lynette again because she talked about this at Winter Retreat. But Miss Lynette is a woman who has walked through cancer herself, but also seen her son walk through cancer in a matter of like 10 years. And what Miss Lynette was able to tell us is, hey, because of the way that we pursued God and for some reason he gave us this peace and we were able to talk about it with other people, other people now know Jesus because of the way we followed him. And so not only does prayer change our life, change our heart, it also can change others too. And we have to believe that in the midst of the suffering that God has a plan for it, and he does. Oftentimes, it's to change our hearts. And also, also it's to bring people close to him. And so again, shame on us if we choose not to seek him because the line is open. And the only thing that you gain from prayer is benefits. It is a pro-only thing. There's no cons. So my challenge to you guys is as you go to small groups, I want you to look at your life. If you're spending eight hours and 39 minutes screen timing, no wonder you don't have time to pray. Change the bad habits and figure out a way to insert a good habit of prayer. And keep it simple. All right? You guys are dismissed. 
Thanks for listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.